Thank you, choir. Thank you, band. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Chris. One of my um, one of my favorite things about Christmas is all the lights. Jill um, Jill found a website. Maybe you've seen it that you can go and you can find all the area lights, at least where people, you know, want to put their house on the map so people come and see their lights. And so, so on Wednesday night as um, as the storm was coming in. And Jill and the kids and I drove around in the falling snow looking at the lights. And um, man, there are all kinds of lights. There's like uh, big lights, little lights. And then we always see those lights that, you know, like the Denver Zoo has. And I always wonder where they get those lights because I want those lights. They, they look better than my lights. And, uh, you know, some lights twinkle, some lights don't. And then more and more you see those, um, those strangely bright LED lights, right? Which are gorgeous with like the purples and the blues, which you really couldn't see before with, with regular lights. And then um, there are some lights that are just crazy. Have you noticed? They like, um, well, and, and, and apparently now you can, you can get a license or permission for like... Uh, for like a low-level FM frequency to shoot out of your house into the car radios of the people in the car. Have you seen those? Maybe I'm behind, but we... No, you, you go to the house, and it says on the house, tune to 101.3. So you tune to 101.3, and you go... <gasps> and their lights are like bouncing up and down and chasing each other around and doing cartwheels, if lights can do cartwheels, and... All to like the beat of your radio, you know, and you're like trying to watch and do I stop and then you drive right into the ditch. And <laughs> you know, what do they think of next? I um I tried to look at this week um where the origin of Christmas lights came from and or lights at Christmas time, and it's a mixed bag. You can't find really consensus among historians where it started, but the long-standing Christian tradition of lights at or around Christmas time is to acknowledge and celebrate Jesus as the light of the world. Jesus um, reveals this about himself. He tells us, I am the light of the world. He was probably using that great menorah that stood in the temple in Jesus' day, probably using that menorah to illustrate something about him or to tell us about who he is. I've got a, a picture of the model of that temple menorah. And that center candle in the seven, that center candle, the name of it, going back to Jesus' day, it's called the light of the world. And since Jesus was on or around the Temple Mount, when he said, I am the light of the world, like any great teacher, not only was a menorah in the temple, but they set up some big, huge ones um, around the temple courts to give it light. So like any good teacher, he sees that, and maybe the disciples are gawking at that, at that big menorah, and Jesus says, you know what, I am uh, the, the light of the world, that center candle, and 
Some say it's named the light of the world because it's the candle that lights all the others. Yeah, fascinating picture for Jesus if, in fact, he intended that illustration because Jesus certainly is the light of the world and he's the light from which all others, people, receive and are light. I think uh, the Apostle John captures that connection with light of the world when he writes, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming to the world. Being, being the light of the world cost Jesus everything. Coming down into the darkness of humanity and sin to shine his light, to defeat darkness once and for all, cost Jesus everything. He left heaven, a place of constant and glorious and beautiful light. And he descended into the darkness, into the darkness of that young girl's womb. Descended into the weakness and the darkness of human mortality, into the chaos of sin. He, he left light to be light in the darkness, and it cost him everything. Because even as we celebrate around the warmth of a major and a baby boy in it, make no mistake, make no mistake, that baby, Jesus, was born to die. He was born to die so that his light could and would and is and will be established forever and ever everywhere. One author, Peter Kreeft, puts it this way. He came. He entered space and time and suffering and out of our tears, out of our waiting, our darkness, our agonized aloneness, out of our weeping and our wondering, out of our cry, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He came all the way right into that cry. Does he descend into all our hells? Yes, in the unforgettable line of Corey Tenboon from the depths of a Nazi death camp, no matter how deep our darkness, he is deeper still. He descends into violence and betrayal by suffering it himself. He descends into every one of our hells. Even the darkness is not dark to him. He finds or makes light even there in every darkness. Being the light of the world cost Jesus everything because he was born to die. And yet, he came gladly because of love. For you see, God is love. As the sun is fire and light and and God can no more stop loving than the sun can stop shining. Love is who he is. It's who he is. And so he came into our darkness as, as light because it's who he is. Love and light. Even though it cost him 
everything. So here again, here again this Christmas is, is Jesus coming as light. And the rest of the story, the rest of the story is up to us. The rest of the story is up to you. How will we, how will you respond to Jesus coming as light? That's the question each Christmas, isn't it? How will we respond to the light that Jesus brings? Here's the response Jesus desires of us, of each and every one of us. He wants us to respond to his light by coming into his light fully and completely. Because you see, our sinful tendency is to stay lurking in the shadows. Jesus tells us himself, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been through God. Jesus comes as light, but our sinful tendency can be to stay lurking in the shadows and We may recognize that he's light. We may see that he's light. We may even want his light. But if you're like me, we're often often nevertheless reluctant to fully step into it, fully and completely into his light. Because you see, here's the thing. Bringing the light cost Jesus everything. And our coming completely into the light, it costs us everything too. It costs us ourself. It costs us our pride Stepping into the light requires from us to be completely open and vulnerable and weak and honest. Open-handed, we come into the light. And it's hard. But it's something that we need to do. It's all or nothing. And if it's not all, then it's really nothing because light and darkness don't mix. You can't have them together because where there's light, there's darkness. Coming into his light costs us, but my brothers and sisters in Christ, it's something that we need to do. We need to do it in order to be light because that's also why Jesus came so that we could be light to those around us, be his love, help those who are hurting. He came so we could be light. Jesus said, 
while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But then he ascended into heaven. What then? Well, Jesus tells us, now you are the light of the world, Jesus says. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And so in order to be that light, we need to fully and completely step out into the light and give up all else. You know, isn't it interesting that three of the most developed biblical pictures for God are light and water and wind. I wonder why that is. I wonder if in part it might be because, you know, those three things, they get in there. They find the crack They find the weak spot, and they desperately want to get in there, really, fully, and completely. As we welcome this Christmas again, the the coming of the light, will we open ourselves fully and completely and step out into it at all costs so that he can renew us? and humble us, and break us, and use us in our turn together with him to be light. As we close with the candlelight service, I hope you all have your candles. It was wasn't easy to get candles in all of your hands. We went back and forth because... We don't want you to burn yourselves or burn down the church. So please uh, watch your flames. And um, Jesus' light uh, doesn't uh, burn, but this light will. So please, uh, but as um, as we celebrate the candlelight service, I'd just like to invite you to reflect. Reflect on whether or not... um, you need to recommit again to coming fully, stepping fully and completely and vulnerably into the light and allow God to just wash over you and to reveal you because it's only if you allow him to do that that you can partner with him and be light to someone else. So maybe we can use it as a time of reflection. Is there something that... um, tempts you to stay lurking in the shadows? Is there a sin that you need to confess? Maybe as they come down and and light your candles, you can reflect on that and pray a prayer of confession to God and recommit that, you know what? I'm going to celebrate his coming light by stepping fully and completely into the light. So help me, God, from this night for the rest of my life And pray that God would use me to be light to others. In a minute, some will come down. If you're on an aisle, you'll get your candle lit first. And then if you can, just even as part of the lesson, light the light, the candle of the one next to you until um, we've got everyone's candle lit. Come, let's come and uh, receive Jesus' light.